Hey, and welcome back to the Local 636 Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tim Horner, the head of school at the Academy of Sacred Heart, the Academy of the Sacred Heart. Yes. It's a mouthful. There's a the in there. It's a mouthful. The number of times I've tripped up over our own name is, is a little bit too remarkable. Well, now I know why everyone just calls it the Academy. Exactly. It's, it's either the Academy or Ash, because otherwise it oh. just takes a couple of minutes. The Academy sounds much more like what it is. I think that's what is more often used. If you talk to our older graduates, they'll say Ash. Really? Yeah, that seems to be, I don't know the dividing line, but there there is a tendency that uh, some time ago, more people called it Ash and more people are leaning towards the Academy now. I think there, I think the reason we shorten things is we, we feel like it's it's too much to say or it's too hard to say. So maybe there's a certain age where like, Three syllables is too many, and we just want to go down to one syllable. Well, for it's me, just, it's just that when I occasionally answer the phone and stumble across our own name as I'm trying to greet someone on the phone, it's a little awkward. So just being able to say, uh, good afternoon, the Academy, can I help you, helps me a ton. That's good, yeah. So Tim Horner with the Academy, and the Academy of the Sacred Heart was a big sponsor at 636 Day. They sponsored the kids' area. Um, it was a great area. We'll talk a little bit about that and uh, and what that means for our community. But the first thing we need to talk about is those O's. Are those O's? Obviously not from St. Charles or the St. Louis area. Correct. And I think when people, I think you said program or something, and I told you before, that's that's kind of when I hear it and when I can tell. So uh, I've had occasionally people tell me, boy, that accent that you're speaking with, where are you from? Yeah. Um, and in, in your own ear, you're tone deaf to it. Sure. So uh, we had lived in Wisconsin for most of our lives, all of our lives before we moved here. And, in you know, as we had talked before, certain words like program and other areas, people hear it. Um, I think you hear it more in particular words that occasionally you, you let slip in your old lingo. I think so. We talked about some of those. So there's some words that I... There's some words because I asked you if you were a pop or a soda person, and you said, um, the, "There's only one way to roll on that. There is an incorrect answer. The correct answer is soda. Okay. Um, and there's like no divide in the world. But it's, even when you say soda, I still <laughs> I you still can still hear, tell right? the difference. Okay. Soda. Yeah. Does that sound like derogatory when I say it like that? No, not at all. <laughs> I don't. I not in the least bit. Okay. Min- yeah, soda. Okay. All right. So, but you brought up a couple words. Well, one, and I didn't know. But there are apparently some words native to, like, Wisconsin. So uh, linguistics people every once in a while can can narrow down where you are from by particular words. And one of the words that's very regional to kind of Milwaukee and southeastern Wisconsin is the term bubbler. And I guess that that was some sort of pipe. And you're, you're in, a, in a way right, but mostly okay. wrong. A bubbler is a drinking fountain. Oh, I have heard that. Uh, uh, so so it, when I said pipe, like there is a water pipe, I was thinking like a smoking pipe or something. Okay, but, okay. But yeah, I have heard that, a bubbler. Yeah. And is that is that specific to that area of Wisconsin or do they say that other places? I think if you go too far, if you go any place an hour and a half outside of southeastern Wisconsin, everyone knows the word, but no one uses it. Okay. But if you said water fountain or drinking fountain, would people look at you funny? In Milwaukee, they would look at you like, what, what, what? Would they not know what it choice? was, though? They would absolutely know what it is. Okay. But would just never have it come off their lips. Okay. Well, it almost sounds like, you know, there's a lot of British words that are fun and more um, accurate, to be honest with you. Now, yeah. drinking fountain is very, it's just a drinking fountain. But bubbler is just more fun to say, right? <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of one of those words, like if they say Lou or, yes. you know, something like that. 
So what are some other ones? Can you, maybe you can quiz the team here and we can guess what these, what these words are. We can um, translate them to St. Charles. I think they would more fall into phrases at that point. Okay. Um, uh, is the phrase sleepover something used here in St. Charles? Like a sleep, like your kids would have a sleepover, have friends over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause there's other parts of the country where that isn't recognized. Okay. Um, the, uh, I think there's a lot of Germanic that falls into Milwaukee language. Um, you know, people will talk a little bit more about things like gmuklikite. Um, I, <laughs> if you ask me to spell it, we're in real trouble. Uh, we don't have enough time. I'm not even f- sure what you said. I, I think in gmuklikite, uh, I probably <laughs> butcher it badly. <laughs> it sounds like a virus. It, yeah. <laughs> oh no! We have to put that person down. They have gamuclica. Yeah. Um, I think it means something like a, a good time and festive activities. Okay. Um, Milwaukee is a very Germanic city. Sure. So those those words will fall into the language a couple times. Okay, but it's not like an everyday word. It's just. Uh, well, mostly depend if you have an adult beverage in your hand, your probability of saying it, it or it being in the conversations much higher than okay. at other times. Challenge for the week. Try to work gamuclecite. did it pretty well. Into, uh, into a conversation. Amaze your friends. And, and spell it as well. You're never too old to learn. This is the theme of, of the podcast. There you go. Maybe the title, right? So we're learning new words. Um, anything else that's... That's regionally uh, centric to Milwaukee. Uh, I'm sure there is nothing that's coming to mind. Okay. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode. While you're here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and turn on your notifications so you always get notified of the newest podcast, newest reels, newest clips, and everything we have going on. Follow us on all of our socials. We're at Local636 on Facebook and on Instagram. Head over to Local636.com for some great merch uh, and check out what we have Uh, But just follow us for all the cool events we have coming up. And uh, again, hit that subscribe button so you've always got the latest podcast episode. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, How did you get, well, I know obviously because of the job, Mm -hmm. uh, how did you get to St. Charles? Were you looking at uh, just different schools? Were you looking at this area specifically? What did that kind of look like? Um, My wife and I had made our decision that um, as empty nesters, we were comfortable moving. Um, we wanted to still participate in school life. Um, my wife's a teacher as well. Um, and as we began to think and consider, you know, the vast array around, we wanted to stay in the Midwest. I think there is something real about Midwestern values and the people in the Midwest are, I think, more genuine than perhaps my perception of other parts of the country. Um, and, as we visited the academy, the warmth of the people, the students in particular stood out and seemed different and kinder, different mannerisms, um, look you in the eye as you walk down the hallway and say good morning. Um, that isn't all that common in the world anymore. So that there was a certain attraction to the academy. Um, so as we were trying to figure out that next move, um, the academy quickly rose to our top choice, and we were real hap- very happy that it was able to work out that way. That's great. You know, that's something that I always make a point of asking what people like about St. Charles, and a lot of times it's business owners, but it always is the same thing. It's always the people. Yeah. And it's that, it's that, um, it's not anything wow or that jumps off the page to you, but it's just that there's good people here. 
there's good people who have a particular kindness, um, seems like a particular care, and there's a, I think, an above average friendliness somehow. I'm not sure I define that well, but people are, uh, they look you in the eye, they they smile, they yeah. say hi. Um, it has still got some of that small town kind of feel, I think, is what that is, where, you know, we're obviously growing population and we have all the things that everyone else has, but it still has that kind of feel of a small town. You've had generations of people here. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the same house. And I'm sure you see that at the Academy with students that come through where I'm sure a lot of them are third or fourth generation. Oh yeah. Or maybe longer. Longer even the, you know, the, a student is often called a legacy because sure. they've had people in the family have gone before the a number of our students who are legacies and the amazing fun stories around that. Yeah. And listening to, you know, well, this is the fifth generation. And when we started, this is where the school was and what it looked like. There's a lot of fun being able to listen to that. That's very cool. Let's talk about the school and more specifically this title, head of school. Are you a principal? Are you a superintendent? Are you, what, what do you do? What's the head of school? Um, I feel like we're in Hogwarts here. Isn't that like a, <laughs> Isn't it like a, a Harry Potter thing, a head of school or something? It's probably pretty close okay. to that. So um, ev- most often, even after I explain what I do, most people still look at me and go, so ex- exactly what? Okay. Like, do you actually do anything? But the, the phrase head of school comes from the concept uh, of private schools where the head teacher was often considered, therefore, the head of school. So often the longest tenured teacher. I was going to ask if that was a tenure thing. Yeah, often in, in the old days, often it was that, sure. that you had been teaching the longest in your cohort, and so you would be honored with the title head of school. Um, so what that work looks like is, you know, I'm responsible for kind of the strategic direction of the school, the overall Uh, kind of long-term trajectory of what we're thinking about, dreaming of, the school we want to be in 10, 25, and 50 years, um, and a bit removed from day-to-day operations. Everyone else at the school is pretty happy about that as well. (laughs) It sounds like what you're describing is pretty simple. It sounds like you're the CEO. I mean, if you were to translate into a business world, you're responsible for the long-term vision. Yeah. You're not in the day-to-day. Correct. Uh, That's a CEO. Is that, I know that may be like frowned upon in the educational community, but at the end of the day, the, the school has to be, um, they have to operate at a profit, right? And they- Nobody goes on forever losing money. Right. It doesn't work. And they have to have a, a vision for long-term growth and stability. Well, I think it's two things. Our world is a really fast and dynamic, changing, fast-moving place to have the ability to say my job focuses on that dynamic change and where we need to be today and tomorrow and years from now. Um, And education needs to evolve and change. There's some great education going on today, but we don't know what the world's going to look like when our youngest students are going to be in college and when our oldest students are moving into that workforce. We better be equipping them to be able to think, change, and lead for that future environment. We don't know what it looks like yet. So that removal from day-to-day moments and headaches and operational work 
really hopefully provides that space to think about that stuff. I really like that because I, you know, I threw out principal and I think superintendent and it doesn't sound like you really do much with either of those, what we would think of those roles. Most often people just end the sentence that you really don't do much. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't think that at all. I think, I mean, the, what you're doing in the community, I mean, that's if you attribute that to the, to the CEO, that's, that's your job. And, and it, I think I have the best job in the world from the following perspective. I get to celebrate every win of every student. Sure. Um, you know, students and families are so kind and, and involve you in their journey and their story and are so, it's so much fun to listen to all those wins. Yeah. Um, you get to be part of so many people's lives from your faculty members to your families, to your graduates, your alumni who come back and, and want to be present on their, at their school. You get the best of everything in this job. You were uh, telling me about students coming back. We were talking earlier about the different zip codes that you serve and about uh, the student who last year was the furthest away, and that student was in Illinois somewhere. Correct. Um, I won't get it right, but it was on the other side of the river. So there was a ferry, uh, ferry involved in getting to school every day. That's amazing that someone would come from that far away to go to school. But, I mean, kind of what you said, what you said about falling in love with the, with the school is the same story or similar story that you shared about them as they came for a tour and just felt like this is the place we need to be, right? Um, yes. I think when you find the right school, you should know it. it. It should look like a community to you. It should look like a place where the teachers care, where the teachers know your student and want to find that best in your student every day. And so when you find that school and you are thriving there, you are driven to stay because you, you see your own journey and you understand how you're impacting the school and the community and the positive part that you bring to all of it and how in that you're learning and growing. So you're, it becomes home. And that's much easier to do at a school like the academy where it's small. Let's do a, let's do a pop quiz. Do you know how many students you have? Uh, we have 190 students. The information I have says 192. Um, at that time, <laughs> that was the plan. Um, so uh, we are we are sitting today at 190. Not bad. All right, I'm gonna, I'm going to quiz you on some more stuff later, and we expect you to get all of it 100% correct. Shocking that well, I have the student count wrong already. We'll settle for, for one. Well, you can also see my screen here a little bit too. So I wonder <laughs> if I should if I should move this. But I'm but, hoping I don't need a cheat sheet for my school. <laughs> but at K through eight, at 192 students, I mean that's it's not tiny, but it's not, it's a, it's a small classroom size. It's a ratio of, do you know what the ratio is? Teacher to student? Eight to one. That is correct. We'll put a little sound 50%. effect, a little sound effect in there. Ring a bell for you. Um, eight to one is crazy. I don't think you're going to find that anywhere. I think it's, I think two, th a couple of things that connect to this part. Uh, small by design schools, I think simply uh, provide more opportunities for students. Now, small by design, I, I assume what you're saying is some people might take what I said as you only have 190 students, but that's not what I meant. So small by design means you're intentionally small. We And we are intentionally small. We want to grow, but we want to maintain that 8 to 1 student ratio, a student to teacher ratio, because the school needs to... Uh, I believe that small by design schools are powerful. Even if they're larger, 
but the design of it can be a larger school that looks small, where there's no back row, where a student needs to be prepared for every class, where students are asked to speak and present and put themselves in challenging situations, where students are needed to be parts of things rather than just saying, this is my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to challenge myself to try this, when their classmates look at them and say, we need you to make this work. They will do that when their classmates ask, and that movement into the uncomfortable is so good for young learners. It's very easy to blend in in a class of 30. Exactly. It's very easy to blend in in a group project if you're one of five or six. Exactly. But in a class of 12, 14 students, it's not easy to blend in. In a group project of two to three students, you have to pull your weight. Exactly right. And, uh, you know, if you don't challenge now, you're not going to train that muscle. And you're just not going to have that muscle memory to do that and to push yourselves. And you're learning, and you're learning to do that as well. Students have a certain develop a certain relationship with a teacher in a small by design school because the teacher knows them, the student knows the teacher, and that relationship that exists goes so far in supporting learning. I love that. And I love that phrase, small by design. That's a great phrase because it's, yeah, you, like I said, you can look at it and think, well, that's, that's a tiny school. Well, no, it's, it's intentional. And but even when we grow, we will still be small by design because we're going to keep the principles that are important and make sure that that value of our school doesn't change. All right, let's do some more trivia here. Uh-oh. The Academy was founded in what year? 1818. 1818, that's right. Can we put a little dinger, a little bell sound effect in there? That's oh, an did you did you look at that? <laughs> I did not. I don't think you did. It's on my wall every it day in my there. office, so um, I, that one I can get right. 1818 was a good year. I don't know. What, <laughs> Sounds like it was. What, so they, what was going on here in St. Charles? Do you know any of that history of, of how it started and why it is where it is? And uh, To kind of do it in, in speed, because there's a the school being 205 years old, there's actually a book that's fairly hefty about the school's history. Um, a, a, four nuns were asked from the society in France to come to America to start a school. Do you know Do you know one of their names? Um, Philippine Duchenne would yeah. be the important one. There you go. Um, the, the saint that's still on our grounds. Um, so another ding into that one. <laughs> and if I get that one wrong, I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to arrive at school okay. again tomorrow. Um, and so they, they came over, um, thought they were going to start the school in St. Louis. And Bishop Duberg asked them to instead go to St. Charles where there was a mansion. Um, in St. Charles. I think the definition of mansion (laughs) means it was the house that had the smallest number of holes in their walls to the outside. Yeah, they had two rooms in that house. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And the wind only howled through at 10 miles an hour (laughs) as opposed to the other local places. Um, Because to listen to Philippine stories of that time uh, is quite interesting because it was such a frontier space. I think the most remarkable part of the story is They landed in St. Charles, and seven days after they landed, they started school. Wow. Dumbfounds me every time. We have all of summer, and the first day of school arrives, and I think, oh, that wasn't enough time. How do you figure out in seven days to start a school, find kids, 
and begin learning. It's I remarkable. can't even yeah, imagine. Do you any idea what the enrollment was back then? Uh, I it's written down, but I don't I don't okay. retain that. Well, because I'm just thinking we talked a little bit. Our first house, our first two houses were in Frenchtown, and it's really hard to trace back the actual date because I think there was a fire at the at the recorder of deeds sometime in like the 1930s. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so our first two houses, if you look up in the county records, it shows constructed in 1930. Oh, sure. Well, that's not correct. And we found pictures and, and some documents that date back before that. But kind of where we got to was maybe late 1830s, 1840s. So when I think about this being in 1818, this was probably the only thing in town or one of the few things in town? As I hear it, that seems to be the case. I mean, I think what's unique is our school and the founding society of nuns, um, the Sacred Heart Nuns, RSCJs, have their own records. So we have a school archives that has written records from the 1800s. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, a daily journal and things. There's a great deal of history of correspondence between um, uh, St. Sophie Barra, the, in, who founded the Sacred Heart Nuns, and St. Philippine as they write each other back and forth. So in their letters, you can hear so much history and, and pull so much out of Interesting. Are you naturally inclined to look at this history? Are you a history buff, or is it kind of required reading? A little, it's both. Okay. Um, the history is fascinating. Um, I enjoy history, and it's so neat to think, you know, I can walk out one door and be in a place that was founded in 1818 when there was nothing but frontier, mm -hmm. to be on grounds where a saint has walked. Um, so when we use the phrase hallowed grounds, it, you know, is very actually definite, definitionally correct to be on grounds where think I have it right that um, one of the last nights in St. Charles, um, uh, now I can't come up with uh, William uh, Clark and Meriwether, yeah. we're on our grounds. Uh, mm -hmm. To be, to leave in some ways from that, I might have that a little bit wrong, mm -hmm. but we know they were on our campus. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that's, in, that's really crazy to think about. And to think about where it is now, what the community looks like, you know, you can almost kind of, if you know where Sacred Heart is, I was telling Angel, it's at the corner of 2nd and Clark. Well, that's one of the corners, and it goes up through, I guess, 4th? Uh, yes. And then it takes up three, four blocks? Whole city block, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can almost envision or almost see that there by itself, right? And these other things kind of popping up around it as the need for house and the need for a market and the need for you know whatever else um it's kind of neat to stand there at that intersection and, and think about that and and you know think about what that would have looked like with the you know there's so many nice little rolling hills there and um yeah that's it is kind of mind-blowing to think about sometimes there's there's a building that remains it was built in 1835 and so you see pictures of it from the 1840s or so and you can stare at it and say Look at the local area, and I absolutely you can know exactly where you're standing in that building. Yeah. Um, that's pretty remarkable history. That is really neat. Um, I don't have this on any notes, and I, the answer may be I don't know. Is there Are there any famous alums of the Academy, like world famous, like that people would just know? Um, there's a famous actress 
uh, who's our graduate. Um, I have been told her name often and <laughs> tragically can't come up with it. Um, what generation is she? What is the television show? Oh, here we go. Let's get everyone involved. Yeah, here. exactly. Someone rescue me on this. Um, where there were, I think, like four young ladies living with um, someone who was helping them at school. Hmm. What, what decade? Late 80s, early 90s. Four young ladies. It's not full house. Yeah, it's maybe like that. step by step. It was like a blended family be. type thing. Might be. Um, yeah. And her son um, is a pretty successful actor as well, I think. Really? Um, okay, we'll have to find this out. We need like, next step is to have you guys like just straight at the laptop <laughs> and just, just Googling. What's the Joe Rogan? I don't watch Rogan, but doesn't he have a guy that he always is like, what's the guy's name? We need one of those. Whatever. We're going to try to find this famous actress. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but we'll we'll look. Angel's feverishly typing. Uh, you also have a, a soccer star that is yes. a recent graduate. Is that right? That is correct. Um, newly placed on City. Yeah. Doing a great job in the world. Um, it's pretty fun to watch that journey he's on. And that's Tyson Pierce. Tyson Pierce. Yes. And when was he at the academy? I think he graduated four years ago, if I'm right about okay. that. It precedes me, so it sure. could be a little lost. Sure. But, um, and we, we need to get you some slack. You've been at this just over a year or so. But it's, it, you know, when we saw the announcement going live that, you know, this is what's happening with Tyson, you could hear a couple of yells down the hallway. Um, he's a very good young man. Um, great soccer player, clearly. He's as good a person as, as he is a soccer player, if not better. Do you guys have athletics that young at the elementary? I call that elementary school. I guess part of it is junior high and high school, junior high, but three-year-olds through eighth grade. Okay. Um, so we have athletic programs usually starting depend, depending on the interest of the kids um, between second and third grade. Okay. Um, we're talking about adding to that and, you know, it might not be a full team, might just be more of an experience, but we will have fall, winter, and spring athletic programs for kids. Fall, winter, and spring. Okay. All three seasons, basically. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. And do you have any like athletic scholarships? Do you do that for people? I know there's a, a range of zip codes. I didn't know if that was part of the reason. No, for us, athletics is an important experience, but we are an academic school. Sure. So, it, you know, to put the athletics at the forefront with a scholarship wouldn't be in with our mission. Our I guess it doesn't really fit with that, those age groups. Not often. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe Messi was identified when he was in first grade. Um, sure. But the athletic scholarship would be an interesting look for some, some really young kids. Yeah. What's the best way for someone to find out more or apply to, to the academy? So th the best ways are to follow us on social media. Um, we have uh, very active Facebook and Instagram accounts. Um, and if you're really interested, you have to understand the place, and that's through a tour. Um, there, You book a, a tour with our admissions director, Jennifer Quick, and when you are on the ground and when you meet the people, when you have a chance to experience it, your appreciation changes. Now, do you have any – this? this talks about how – invested and you've mentioned this too invested you are in the students and how you love talking with them and greeting them 
Do you have any, do they call you anything? Do you have any fun nicknames yet? None that they're saying to my face. <laughs> um, my The best parts of my days are there's morning drop-off and, and afternoon pickup. And I enjoy being outside during those times, greeting the kids in the morning, saying, asking them how their day was, talking about what's going to happen at night or the weekend. If that doesn't put a smile on your face, you know, there's something wrong with you. Um, what I do mostly with the kids is I like to say good morning, have a great day, and give them a fist bump in the morning. There you go. Keep it simple. Yep. Don't give them any opportunity to come up with a nickname. That's, that's how you can best avoid that. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, just stick to those. Good morning, have a good night, fist bump. You don't leave them anything, you know. It, you're, you're there's good. enough space, I'm sure. The, well, I'm sure there are nicknames I haven't, I'm not There's aware one of. kid that will always find something. but uh, Last know. year I was given a gift uh, by a family that I uh, enjoy a great deal. It is a almost Hulk-sized fist okay. that you, you slip your hand sure. in, and it is five times the size of mine. Okay, uh, Taking that out for fist bumping at night is a lot of fun. Okay. At a private school, and especially at our school, um, we are blessed with kids who are remarkably um, well-behaved, kind to each other. You know, they're they're not perfect. None of us are. Sure. But as a whole, our student body will convince you of our school more than anything else. You come and spend time with our kids, and how, when you walk away, you're gonna you're going to have been be remarking on how remarkable they are. It's very easy to see why um, you're such a good fit here. I mean, you are just over a year in. You're so passionate. The way that you talk about the school and the students is just great to see. I think that's gives me hope for our, you know, our future and our educators. Um, and I think we need more people like that to be excited, excited to see kids and wanting to talk to them. And uh, it's great. If you are in a school and you aren't filled up every day, if you don't look forward to arriving – have the best time, you should find something else to go fill your day. The passion should be overwhelming. You know, someone said to me early, it's easy to fall in love with our school. Uh, they were just right. The kids and the teachers, um, our parents, the community that we are as a group is pretty outstanding. That's great to hear. And I love that you guys are such an integral part of Frenchtown, St. Charles in general, but the Frenchtown neighborhood. Um, it's great to have good neighbors. Speaking of that, let's talk about some neighbors. You like, you're a coffee guy. Um, probably addicted would have been the right word. Okay. So have you ventured down? I mean, you're on a great street for coffee. Um, course is a, a little bit too good. Okay. <laughs> um, I have to work hard to avoid it because otherwise I'll just be going there three or four times a day. Um, Picasso's has some of my favorite coffee. Uh, we often are receive calls from family who still live in Wisconsin and say, when are you sending us more Picasso's coffee? Really? Um, both my parents and my wife's parents have a vi huge passion for a couple of Picasso's coffees. Okay, great. Um, so we probably know every coffee place around. Now, are you, uh, how do you drink your coffee? Just black? Do you like... I don't understand anyone who doesn't drink it black. Okay. Coffee so you're a was purist. intended. It's the only way. Yeah. Um, I, I know plenty of people who find, somehow find enjoyment by adding things to it. Black coffee is fantastic. My wife is that way. She likes black coffee. She likes dry red wine. 
I got a sweet tooth, man. Give me, give me some Moscato. Give me a triple mocha frappe caramelato. I can do those too. Whipped cream. I mean, uh, most days I'm doing something <laughs> like that in four coffees after that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so you, can you tell when you drink a cup of coffee, you can tell if it's just black coffee, the difference between this one and this one and the different blends and where it's from? I'm not sure I'm that sophisticated. Okay. Um, I enjoy trying a lot of different things. Of course, we'll get you into that. I mean, they'll... Yes, I a, can't keep up with them on the six things I'm supposed to learn as I'm drinking yeah, yeah. this coffee. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's still good, though. Yeah. You ever uh, you ever get any of the little pastries that are in the, the little thing uh, I think they're from Mr. Meowski's. They are. Um, if we could have a house account there, my wife and I would. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the challenging days are when we arrive, when my wife arrives there probably around 10, and she texts back with you know tears saying yeah. they're already sold out. Uh, yeah. If they make it, it's remarkably good. Very good. Um, other than coffee, what's your favorite thing about St. Charles? It could be a place. It could be, uh, let's not fall back on the people. We've, we've harped on that enough. We've got good people here. Favorite place or favorite thing to do or, or something something new that you are doing or have seen or you could say, are you a Cardinals fan yet? I mean, it hasn't been easy this year. but No, it seems like we've arrived here and really degraded the sports teams. Yeah, it's not been great. The Blues, <laughs> you know, the before we arrived, we were looking forward to the Blues and we lived through that season. Um, the Cardinals, who as a former and somewhat current Brewers fan, we always admired the Cardinals because sure. year after year, they were the standard. Yeah. And, you know, I remember a year where during the preseason they were saying, it's going to be the Cardinals because here's the last 15 years, first yeah. place, second phase, first place, third place. And it was remarkable. Yeah. Um, so we love our sports. Um, you know, if there's a sport going on, we love watching it, enjoying it. Um, but we haven't really found our local teams yet. Um in part, that's probably because we were too late to try and buy city tickets. Oh, uh, yeah. We missed out on that. Yeah. Um, so I guess so the favorite thing for us to do would probably be going down Main Street, um, and there's just so much to do there, um, or perhaps um, staying in our neighborhood and going to a concert or some of those types of things locally. Yeah, we won't say where you live, but they there is a lot going on in your neighborhood, so... Uh, a source of lots of entertainment and restaurants and easy to get to like fun that. activities. Yeah. And you've got the required uh, driving device. So otherwise they would have moved <laughs> us out of town already and said, you didn't buy that. And thank you for hitting the road. That's great. Let me give you a recommendation uh, on coffee. Uh, La Belle V on second street. Oh, uh, certainly been okay. there. Uh, delicious coffee and perhaps even better food. Yes. Great food. I yeah. think they just won like St. Louis's best breakfast. Oh, did they? I didn't did. that. Yeah. Uh, so Well-deserved. Very good breakfast. They've had some famous people come through there, too. Um, uh, Mike Tyson was recently there. Oh, really? I think it was Mike Tyson. It was like, maybe it wasn't Mike Tyson. It was Evander Holyfield, for sure. Okay. And then uh, the Sphinx Mike brothers. and Evander at the same time? No, and that's why I think that's why I think I said Mike Tyson. It was okay. not Mike Tyson. It was Evander Holyfield and the two, uh, Leon and Michael Spinks. Uh, Jack Clark. The boxing is, crowd goes there. Yeah, there's a boxing gym right across the street. Oh, true, um, true. And so Jose was doing some sort of camp or something and and brought them over there. Okay. Uh, it's Jack Clark's favorite sandwiches there. Jack Clark Cardinals yes. slugger. Um, so that's a good spot. Course Fantastic. is great. But we've been blessed with a lot of coffee on Second Street. I don't drink coffee. 
Unfortunately, Pardon? I know my wife does. Probably have to excuse myself now. <laughs> Before you I've do heard that, heard of people like that. <laughs> I don't need it. I have. I. I. It's. It gives. Puts me. It's too much. Okay. I think I'm already naturally up here. <laughs> Even when I wake up and I'm groggy, I'm. I'm already kind of up here, and uh, I just get shaky. So. Before you run out for that, why don't you plug your socials and what's going on with the school one more time and how people can kind of check it out and okay. see what's going on. So follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you'll see us often under Ash1818 because of the school's history and founding. And most importantly, think about coming to campus to schedule a tour. The people that you'll find there, the students who will lead you on the tour because our students are part of our experience while you're there will help understand help you understand why our school is different. Fantastic. If I could choose where I was going to third through eighth grade or three to eight, I'm sorry. What pre K three? Three year olds. Three year olds through eighth grade. grade. The chairs uh, might be a little small for you currently, right, yeah. but you could probably fit into yeah, one. No, so. you invited me back, but no no adult education unfortunately. But nope. I still would like a tour at some time. I think I'd like to do that. So maybe I'll take you up on that. That would be fun. I'd I would enjoy having you there. Thank you so much for joining me. It's Appreciate been a it. pleasure. Thank Thanks. you. That's a wrap.